Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning and welcome to our show number 577. We said that last week, but this is actually 577. We're broadcasting live from the L.L. Bean Birding Festival in partnership with Maine Audubon here at the L.L. Bean flagship store in Freeport, Maine. We're right in front of the giant, iconic uh, bean boot replica. Um, it's kind of Maine's answer to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Everybody who comes here wants to have their picture taken here, including Lori Gilman, and she works here. And she's here with us right now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Ray. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you. It's, 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 it's warming up to a little bit chilly here this morning, but this is Maine, after all. Uh, Lori is the events coordinator here at the L.L. Bean flagship store. She's also co-founder of the L.L. Bean Birding Festival. So a round of applause for that. She, uh, really put Yes, Bill Yo and I uh, last year thought we just had to do some birding in, in uh, Freeport, Maine. So here we are with the birding festival in our second year. Many variations of this bean boot, by the way. But <laughs> if you if you made replicas of all of them, there'd be no place to park over here. That's correct. Yeah, it's it's a 16 foot tall boot, so it's it's uh, takes up some space. We had a, a beautiful Facebook post from a listener who said. I would like to live in the bean boot. <laughs> I love L.L. Bean. So, Laurie, what inspires this love for L.L. Bean? Well, I think we're, we're now 103 years old. Um, we're a company, 104 years old, excuse me. Uh, we're a company that has always had uh, very good values and always had 100% satisfaction guarantee right from the first day that L.L. said we're going to, uh, we're going to, stand behind all our products and we have and uh it's it, we we sell good products at a good price and we stand behind them and that's leon leon wood bean for who's for all who wondered about that that's correct yes leon leon wood bean right and this is probably the question you get as much as any are you really open 24 hours in a row <laughs> in a row yes every day in fact yes 24 hours 365 days a year we've only been closed uh, about eight times most recently was when our uh, past ceo and chairman of the board leon gorman died last year so we were closed for his funeral um, and we were closed for ll bean's funeral and a few other times but uh, mostly we are open there are no locks on the doors one of the things you're uh, you're all about is outdoor stuff obviously give us a little quick thumbnail about the outdoor discovery schools uh, we have this great outdoor discovery schools. They have a wide, wide variety of programming available. Um, you can start out with a discovery school, uh, a discovery program for $25. You get outdoors. We'll teach. We we provide all the equipment. We can teach you kayaking, stand up paddle boarding, fly casting, uh, clay shooting. In some places, it's really a fabulous introduction to a sport. And then we go all the way up through. We have bird walking, bird. Uh, birding programs um, and uh, just uh, runs the gamut. We're, and we're going to have a, a adult summer camp this year. 
So that's going to be really cool, yeah, as well as our kids' camps. But we're going to have an adult kid, adult camp this year for kids, for kids and adults. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Yeah. We, got the, we got the gist of that right there. So we like to think we're about conservation on our show as well as yes, birds, and, yes. and certainly L.L. Bean is too. And I read a statistic the other day. In the last five years, you've made $6 million in contributions to conservation groups. That's, that's a lot. Yes, that's amazing. Uh, we have we have always been a, a conservation-oriented programming uh, company. And for kids and adults. For kids and adults, yes, yeah, for both. Um, we've done it. We've done everything. Um, we uh, we're, we're really fortunate with a, our partner here with uh, the festival is Maine Audubon, and Maine Audubon is actually one of our longest-term partners. We've we've uh, helped support Maine Audubon for decades now, um, but we also support Friends of Acadia, the Acadia National Park 100th anniversary this year um, we're, we're doing a lot for that so we we'll, we support a lot of organizations nature conservancy places that give us the opportunity to go out and go birding like we have today um, so it's where we're all about getting people outdoors indeed and uh, it's a nice segue to Maine Audubon we just happen to have somebody from Maine Audubon here with us thank you Lori uh, Doug Hitchcock a staff naturalist with Maine Audubon good morning Doug good morning uh, first, I want to thank you for letting us get those nice looks at the yellow-bellied flycatcher yesterday. Yeah, it was a really nice surprise. We were just uh, down the road from here on our afternoon walk, um, and this yellow-bellied flycatcher, just a migrant that coming was coming through. It was certainly not one we would expect to see here, but uh, a really nice surprise for our walk. We were surprised to see some surf scoters, too, out in the bay there. Right, surf scoters and also uh, a good group of black scoters, which we've been seeing uh, more and more just in, in the last couple of years have been spending uh, the summer here. Typically, they're just uh, around in the winter time, spending the winter down on the main coast, and then they'd go further north to breed. But uh, something's going on with these birds that's convincing them to stick around in the summer. Mm -hmm. Maine Audubon has a pretty amazing history. I mean, it goes, it's, it's older than L.L. Bean. I mean, the first, uh, I guess the first inkling of it was like 1837 and then what the Portland group in 1881. Yeah, so um, really going, you know, quite far back, you can come up with different iterations. Um, so uh, really, I, I guess I would say, you know, it, you could even point to um, all the great work that uh, there's, there's a number of chapters around the state that even um, before a lot of them joined up with Maine Audubon were doing a, uh, some great work and now kind of give us a, a good opportunity to have a good statewide reach um, through the, the work of those volunteers. What are some of your big programs right now that you're working on? Um, one, I think especially relevant for this uh, birding festival that people really um, should take to heart is uh, what we're calling Bringing Nature Home. Um, uh, based on the work by uh, Doug Talmay, this concept that you need to have native plants in your yard really as the important um, first step in food chains um, to then be able to support a lot of the native birds we have around. Um, I think a fun example uh, of, of that importance is this walk we did at Pettengill Farm this morning. Uh, there's tent caterpillars all over the place, and so many people just think of them as, you know, not the uh, prettiest thing to look at um, uh, as defoliators, but that's really good food for cuckoos. Um, and we actually had a yellow-billed cuckoo on the walk this morning, um, calling almost uh, the entire time we were out in the field, and, and that bird wouldn't have been there if if those caterpillars were in. All right. Well put. Doug Hitchcock's remain Audubon. And we're here at L.L. Bean. It's the L.L. Bean Birding Festival in partnership with 
Maine Audubon, our show number 577. Thanks for being with us. We hope you'll follow us uh, on our website, TalkingBirds.com, and Facebook, and uh, what else? Twitter, at, uh, at Talking Birds. Um, okay, let's see. Talking Birds, sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks. Uh, monuments and historic sites from Acadia to Zion. Go to Chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M-A-N-I.com to download your free app today. Um, now let's check in with today's... I'm off, I'm off my script here. Could happen to help me with my script? Here we are. Our feature, featured uh, feathered friend. Long before Richard M. Nixon was president, there was another White House resident named Dick. He lived there in the early 1800s as a friend and companion of President Thomas Jefferson. Dick was not a member of the cabinet, but he lived in a cabinet among the roses and geraniums there. Margaret Bayard Smith, whose husband was a close friend of Mr. Jefferson, said the president cherished this friend with peculiar fondness, not only for his melodious powers, but for his uncommon intelligence and affectionate disposition. And she said he was the constant companion of the president's solitary and studious hours. President Jefferson boasted in his Notes on the State of Virginia that Great Britain had nothing to compare with this fellow's vocal abilities. Dick's formal name was Mimus Polyglottos. We know him today as the Northern Mockingbird. Almost everyone recognizes the Northern Mockingbird, a species that's relatively new to the Northeast. Back in the 50s, and even later, this bird was rarely seen here. But since then, it has gradually expanded its range northward. Northern mockingbirds add to their song repertoire all through their lives and may eventually learn up to 200 songs. They sing all day and into the night, and sometimes, especially during a full moon, they sing all through the night. Nighttime singing is mostly done by males who still haven't found a mate. The northern mockingbird, Minus polyglottos, a favorite of many, including the third president of the United States, and today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. It's our show, 577, live from the L.L. Bean Birding Festival here in beautiful Freeport, Maine. And now from our Charlotte Wesselick up in Alberta, Canada. The operative number is 101, and we don't mean Dalmatians. Charlotte will tell us uh, what that number represents and give us a profile of another of our, our amazing national parks as we continue to celebrate this year's National Park Service Centennial. It's our Charlotte's weblog. Alberta Bound, Alberta Bound, it's good to be Alberta Bound. Good morning, Charlotte. Good morning, Ray. This past Monday, Victoria Day in Canada was my great Canadian birdathon. 
I birded around our farm, the local provincial park, and a variety of other favorite birding locations. In total, I saw 101 different species of birds, including rose-breasted grosbeaks, American red starts, a red-necked phalarope, and ring-necked ducks, to name a few. You can read about my birdathon in an upcoming blog post and see photos from the day on my Twitter and Instagram pages. You can find me on both sites as Prairie Birder. Set in the Rocky Mountains of Montana, Glacier National Park is my featured park for this week. Founded in 1910, the park encompasses more than a million acres and provides a variety of activities for visitors. Hiking, boating, skiing, camping, and much more. The park is also perhaps the best place in the lower 48 states to see harlequin ducks, as well as American dippers, white-tailed ptarmigans, gray-crowned rosy finches, and more than 250 other species of birds. And don't forget, there are also more than 70 mammal species, including grizzly bears, gray wolves, mountain goats, and American pikas. Visit the Glacier National Park website at nps.gov GLAC to find more about this great park and everykidnapark.gov for more information and to print your free park pass. That's all for this week, Ray. Have fun at the L.L. Bean Birding Festival, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Charlotte, and congratulations on those 101 species cited. Talking to Birds listeners, be sure to check out Charlotte's blog online. You will love it. PrairieBirder.com is the address. PrairieBirder.com. Talking Birds is made possible by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says we care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. Tim Gallagher is the editor of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Living Bird Magazine. He's the author of numerous books about birds, among them The Grail Bird, Hot on the Trail of the Ivory-Billed Woodpecker, Falcon Fever, a falconer in the 21st century, and Imperial Dreams, tracking the imperial woodpecker through the wild Sierra Madre in Mexico. And he recently returned or resumed his search for the ivory-billed woodpecker in Cuba. And he is right here with us at the L.L. Bean Birding Festival to tell us about it. Good morning, Tim. Hi, it's glad, I'm glad to be here. We loved your uh, talk last night about the ivory bill uh, in, in, in Arkansas and Cuba and, and, and elsewhere. So we're glad to have you uh, here to tell us uh, uh, kind of directly about it. But for those who don't know about the ivory bill woodpecker, such an iconic bird, give us a quick history, uh, Tim, if you would, and, and tell us why you decided to look for it in Cuba. Well, it's, it's the largest woodpecker that ever lived in the United States, and, and it was only found in the southern United States and the swamps and bayous, and but also in Cuba. So it's interesting, and and it's just an amazing bird, very powerful bird that with a chisel-like bill could just rip the bark off tree, even if it's alive, to get to the uh, grubs. And you know, I, I've just always been fascinated by them. And it, you know, it, it was what persecuted heavily in in the 19th century. Well, there habitat was cut down the, by logging and and also collectors really went after them and a lot of people thought they were extinct around 1910 or so and that but there would be sightings from time to time after that and but but the last 
universally accepted sighting was in 1944 in Louisiana, and as the woods where they were living were being cut down. So, um, and since then there have been rumors, and then we had a, a, a controversial sighting, but we had a sighting in 2004, and ser uh, several follow-up sightings by people from sent by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and search teams, and uh, we got one poor quality video taken by David Leneau and uh, we analyzed that video for uh, this journal Science and um, so anyway that it's it, the birds gotten almost mythical status now the Elvis bird right exactly yeah. among, among other names right so we, you, you're trying to find this bird you're playing some of those very old recordings and you're playing these double knock sounds but you uh, your your uh, colleague came up with a little invention for to create that double knock, right? Yeah, you see, the bird has, it's a very distinctive drumming it does, a signal, it's a bam, bam, you know, like the, the second part of it is almost like uh, an echo of the first. And Marchand Lamertink, the, a woodpecker researcher, he came up with a wooden device. We put like a, a wooden resonator on the tree that looks almost like a birdhouse. And then there's like two dowels that are about the size of broomsticks with a pivot bolt in it. And he swings it. And it'll it'll hit, and then the other one will flip over and hit just a few milliseconds afterwards. And it, it's a perfect mimic for a Campephalus woodpecker. Perfect mimic, but no response. Well, he's done them with other Campephalus woodpecker, which is the same genus that the ivory bill is in, and like the pale-billed woodpecker and the Magellanic woodpecker in Latin America. And he's not only gotten responses, but I mean they'll come in closely to check it out and be, you know knocking back and forth yeah but you concluded the, the ivory bill doesn't exist in cuba is that your conclusion to that well sadly i mean we we went to an area where they were definitely found lester short of the american museum of natural history and his team saw uh, two to three birds and you know had multiple sightings but then the following year 1987 was the last time anyone ever saw one there and Marchand Lamertink himself had gone there in 1991 when he was 19, launched his own self-funded expedition there and couldn't find them. But uh, he wanted to see what it was like 25 years later. So, so will you continue your search and what are, the, what are the chances? Well, I'll continue the search in the United States. I mean, that would be the capstone for my career if I could actually get one that we could see the nest, take a whole, you know, study uh, the whole nesting cycle and take photographs. Yeah, that, that's a dream come true. Well, good luck with that, as they say. Okay. But, uh, but you have a blog. How do people find your blog that you just uh, did about Cuba, your trip to Cuba? Uh, yes. Well, Audubon Magazine funded the trip and, and I, I did a blog site for them and, and you know you you can just google it like chase chasing the ivory bill woodpecker and audubon or and tim gallagher and you'll get there and there's also an article in the latest issue of audubon magazine about our expedition tim gallagher ladies and gentlemen searching for the ivory bill woodpecker here at ll bean the ll bean birding festival and up next it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute
Here's an idea for the next time you're shopping for wild bird food. Look for the Audubon Park brand, a top choice among bird lovers for more than 40 years. That's because Audubon Park wild bird seed is the finest kind, with more than a dozen selections to choose from, including the popular fruit and nut, songbird and cardinal, and no-waste patio blends. Human development and climate change are having increasing impacts on wild birds, feeding the hummers, chickadees, goldfinches, cardinals, and all the beautiful and fascinating birds in your backyard really helps them survive and thrive. All of Audubon Park's products meet the highest quality standards in the industry and have earned early compliance with the FDA's Food Safety Modernization Act. And Audubon Park products are easy to find at your supermarket, lawn and garden store, farm and feed market, and online retailers. For more information, visit AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food is made right here in the USA. Get some for your backyard birds today. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. If, you're, if you haven't been a winner on, here on Talking Birds in the uh, past six months, you're eligible here at our Mystery Bird Contest. You can hear our show live wherever you are. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and see how easy to do it. Our prize this morning, first our phone number, because we urge you to call as soon as possible because, you know, we run out of time. We're already late here this morning. 781-837-4900 is the number. Our prize is the Droll Yankees New Generation Finch Feeder featuring the attraction of a Finch Sock with the durability of metal, this is a this is a Mike O'Connor recommends this figure this uh, this feeder. I've heard him say that it's a rustproof, heavy-duty steel mesh tube that can be hung or pole-mounted. And we have a bonus prize of a 12-ounce bag of Birds and Beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a colorful tropical species found mostly in Mexico and South America. Pay no attention to the dog barking. And here in the U.S., almost exclusively in South Texas, it's a large songbird with rich green upper parts, yellow or yellowish green underparts, and a black mask, black throat and chest. The bird sings until it's blue in the face. In fact, it's blue in the face even when it isn't singing. That's a little another clue there. 781-837-4900 is the number. Give us a call and tell us what it is or take a guess because no correct answer will um, result in a, a drawing is what will happen there. And we will have a winner that way, that beautiful Droll Yankees feeder. So call us and tell us what it is or what you think your guess might be. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we're going to find out something about another beautiful bird that a lot of people don't think they can get nesting in their backyard, but they really can. We'll find out what that bird is with Mike O'Connor from the legendary Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. Live, let's ask Mike in just one minute. I'm Ray Brown, and I'm a coffee lover. And the brand that I drink is Birds and Beans, the only brand that sells only bird-friendly coffee, grown in a way that saves the forest that migratory birds depend on for survival. Birds and Beans carries the certification of the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center, the most stringent shade-grown certification in the world. Plus, it's USDA organic certified and fair trade certified so farmers get fair compensation. Of course, it's important to note that Birds and Beans coffee tastes great, and it's available in your choice of roasts, from American Red Start Light Roast to Deep and Dark Scarlet Tanager French Roast. Decaf, too. If you care about saving the tropical forests on which so many of our birds depend, and if you love great coffee, there's just one choice, birds and beans, shade-grown bird-friendly coffee. 
It's my choice, and I really hope you'll make it yours. Get the whole Birds and Beans story, including where to buy it, at birdsandbeans.com. That's birdsandbeans.com. Mike O'Connor from the Birdwatcher's General Store. We, we don't have Mike's music, so he may not agree to speak with us this morning, but let's uh, give it a try there. Uh, Mike? Uh, Mike? Boy, I thought I was kidding about that, but I guess maybe, maybe, maybe I wasn't. Mike O'Connor, Birdwatcher's General Store. Hold on one second Cut. there, Ray. We're going to hold on one second there. All right. We're working on this. He's probably a little peeved about the music, so he's going to make us wait a little bit there. Uh, good morning, Mr. O'Connor. There you go. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. He's there. We knew we'd get you there. You know, right. without the music, I don't know what to do, but I'm okay now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little sulking. It's understandable, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, Ray, so, Mike, uh, when no yeah. one's looking, grab me a pair of, like eleven and a half of those boots, will you? Just sneak them into in your briefcase. Size eleven and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'll make. I'll make. Debbie is making a note of that, even as <laughs> even as we speak here. So, there's a bird that uh, it's it's really kind of a spectacular bird, a, a pretty noisy and interesting bird. Uh, and Mike, you say people don't really think they can get this bird to nest in their yard, but well, nobody but they even really pays can. attention but, to it. But usually, yeah. most people put out bluebird boxes or chickadee boxes. And what happens sometimes is like a squirrel will chew the hole bigger or a woodpecker make the hole bigger. And then all of a sudden they give me a call and say, there's a weird bird moving into my bluebird yeah. house. It's a great crested flycatcher, which is very conspicuous and very interesting. They have a very distinctive call. Uh, you can hear them uh, yelling in the backyard. Oh. I'm trying to play the call now, so maybe you can hear it. Oh, yeah. You can. You hear it, yeah. 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 They're very interesting. And... They're easy to. They're really easy to get because they need places to nest because they can't create their own holes. They need a woodpecker hole or a birdhouse, and so we sell a lot of them. I've had a family nesting of woodpeckers. I mean, of great crested flycatchers in my backyard last year, and just about everybody buys one and seems to get them because the birds are always looking for places to nest. And interesting enough. After they nest, if you clean the box out, the vast majority of them line their nest, believe it or not, with dried snake skin. Which nobody Ooh, understands nice. why, but it's kind of cool. So if you're into snakes yeah. or a cult or something like that, you got to add a bonus there. And who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool bird. To try. Right. Yeah. So, so a cool bird to try to get. So get it. you need a hole about maybe two inches big. It's a little bigger than a bluebird box. But yep. uh, I would seek that out or make some of your bluebird boxes bigger or let the squirrels do it for you. Uh, or let's put the squirrels here. Okay, pretend you're hearing the music now, Mike. Dan, as Dan, we uh, Dan, I got fade, it. fade out for a feature. We'll talk to you next That's week. Have a great show. Don't forget my boots. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. All, All right. <laughs> Back to our mystery bird contest. The number is 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. And we have uh, Jeff from beautiful Alston, Massachusetts, uh, I think, uh, first on the line here. Are you there, Jeff? Yes, I am. Good morning. Want to say hi to the folks here at L.L. Bean? Hello, everyone out there at L.L. Bean. <laughs> and and, and, and thank you done. for supporting this show. <laughs> thank you for supporting this show. He's, I, thank you, Jeff. What do you say our mystery bird is, Jeff? A bear-throated tiger heron. A bear-throated... That is an exotic guess, for sure. A bear-throated tiger heron. Uh, Tim Gallagher, are you out there? Can you... Uh, Tim is what kind of shaking his head there. <laughs> He's giving you a little thumbs down there, Jeff. Sorry about that. I guess that. not. We'll try yeah, next all week. All right. Thanks Bye. for the call. All right. We're back to the south shore of Massachusetts to Ryan in Marshfield. Good morning, Ryan. Doing. Doing well. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing 
great day. We're, we're glad to talk to you. From, would you like to say hi to our L.L. Bean friends here? Hello, everybody they at L.L. Bean. They want to say hi to you. There you are. Yeah. Right. Okay, not a bare-throated um, uh, reef heron. Was that the guess? Uh, what do you, tiger heron? What do you, what do you say it is, uh, Ryan? I'm going to say it's a green jay. Green jay sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Round of applause for the yeah. We've got our studio. We've got two studio audiences going here. The green jay, absolutely uh, right. When we were down in Texas not long ago, we saw about a million of. Green Jays, I think. Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, stay on the line, and we will get your address and send you that beautiful Droll Yankees feeder. Thanks very much. Love the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. All right. The Green Jay, our, our, uh, mystery, our mystery bird. Uh, Tim, you might uh, tell me if this is correct. The Green Jay scientific name, Cyanocorax incus. Incus, the first description of the bird based on sightings from the land of the Incas in Peru. Yeah, a little uh, inside information there in our mystery bird this morning. Would you believe we're just about out of time for our show? We want to say hello to all the folks who have come to visit us here in our broadcast. Sean and Carrie from New Hampshire. Alan Carroll uh, from Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Matthias Palm all the way from Berlin, Germany is with us today. Um, and thank you so much for all the folks who have, have shown up today. We're, we're missing somebody out there that um, and to, uh, Seth, Seth Davis is here with us. Thank you, Seth, for coming. And uh, Rachel uh, D is here from um, up in uh, New York State somewhere. And uh, Gwen and uh, and Mary Guthrie from Cornell Lab of Ornithology. There she is, Mary. Cornell has done such wonderful things for our show. Mary, thank you so much. We are out of time for this morning. Executive producer Mark Duffield, our associate producer Debbie Bleacher, our engineers Larry Nelson and Jesse Wilkins. Special thanks to Sharon Duffield. Well, I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, by L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors, llbean.com, by Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels, celestron.com, by Birds and Beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee, birdsandbeans.com, and by Chimani, visiting a national park, let Chimani guide you, chimani.com.